When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. All right, welcome back. It is another edition. It's not after a game, but it is the uh, Eskridge Lexus pregame, I guess we could call there it. There you go. Uh, weekly look into the Orange Bowl as uh, the Sooners going through media day today. And welcome in, uh, wel- let's welcome in now Bob Pertzbillo, who you just heard say something, uh, and Eddie Radosovich, who is uh, laying on his hotel bed. Hello, hello. Hello. We're coming to you live <laughs> from well. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where we just had media day today. Uh, Lincoln Riley sat on the podium for uh, about 75 minutes as they get ready to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't know how much realer this made it today, but tomorrow uh, Lincoln Riley and Nick Saban will have one final press conference. It's 45 minutes. But today we had a lot of time uh, to uh, talk with a lot of youngsters on the team. Uh, you know, I, I sat with Lincoln Riley for a little bit and talked with him. Uh, but, I mean, this thing is here, and uh, here's Lincoln Riley talking about uh, where they are and, and, and what a win could mean against Alabama. Lincoln, I mean, you talk about coming back to this position so many times. And not that it's a must, but how big would it be for this program to finally kind of move on to a championship? Yeah, I don't know, finally. You know, this program's been in a lot of championships. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, it's... It's really tough to get here, you know. It's it's great being here, but we've we expected to win the first two that we were in, and we expect to win this one. And so we've always approached it that way. Uh, we know we're playing a great opponent, just like we have here the first couple of times that we've been in these in in these uh, in these playoffs. That's what they're about. Uh, we've been really close, you know, and, and certainly we want to finish the deal, but not for not not for what's happened in the past. Just for this team right now, you know, what what's in the past is in the past, and this team right now has a chance. Uh, as good a chance as anybody, and we want to take advantage because we do know how hard it is to get here. For you as a coach, I mean, you start out as a coordinator, then you're head coach. How much just has this this program learned, you learned about you know, being in this situation in the playoffs? Yeah, you've learned a lot. I mean, even like a day like today, you don't do this at any other, any other bowl game anywhere. I mean, this is... There's just some different things that go that go with these playoffs. The the build up seems like the entire country 
you know, is focused on two games for about 30 days. And uh, so there's a lot of, lot of attention, a lot of buildup, a few different things that you have to do as far as handling it. I think our team's ready. None of this is new for us. Uh, the schedule, the early signing day, all that we talked about back in Norman is still a big factor um, in handling all that. And I think, you know, we're, we're more equipped to do it than we've ever been. So everything with OU, you know, the new facilities, the Jordan brand, uh, you know, three five stars already signed with a possible fourth on the way in this recruiting class. Everything has been elevated, talent level, talent acquisition elevated. Now you're sitting here third time in four years in the college football playoff. And I think the next step is really yeah. just to win yeah. this game. No, absolutely. This is this is the next step you have to take if you want to get to the top of that mountain or wherever they want to go. I mean, you you've filled in the recruiting. Uh, I, th- I think the lack thereof that they had, you know, in the in the latter years of the Bob Stoops era, uh, and that's obvious. Uh, but now is the next. This is the next step, and and taking down, and maybe this is the way it's supposed to be, and taking down the big dog that has been up at the top of the college football mountain for so long over the last five years in a school like Alabama. And this is like the rite of passage. Three years ago against Clemson, we knew they weren't physical, they weren't tough enough, they weren't ready. Right, they weren't. Last year they were closer and closer. This is the year. Get over to the home. And how interesting is it, though, that it's with literally the worst defense in the history of the yeah. college football playoff? Yeah. So, you know, and I, we, we've talked about it on the podcast. So, is this like a hall pass year? Almost a little bit. That's a I good mean, question. That's we've talked really about it on question. the unofficial 40, though. It's like, I think that the landscape of college football as we know it would change in a way if Oklahoma yeah. was able to get over that hump. Uh, because they would be doing it literally without a defense. But Nick, I will would, say Nick, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart would simultaneously have aneurysms. Yeah, combust. But I will say that they, I mean, it's not like they haven't played defense because they have. I mean, they wouldn't be here if they didn't play any type of defense against Texas or West Virginia. It's now for the, I mean, the, the whole season. They had to play some defense to get here. Yes. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and what I pointed out is that in the last two games in the fourth quarter, OU, the OU defense has outscored the two teams nine to seven, seven seven. Morgantown two nothing versus Texas. They get destroyed, but somehow in the fourth quarter they found some resolve somewhere to make a play when it mattered most. The other thing to think about if you're Oklahoma is you're here, uh, you're here now. It would take a monumental effort to beat Alabama, but let's say you don't win this game. Let's say. Uh, all this momentum you've built, and I don't want to—I don't want to be alarmist here, but you got Georgia waiting in the ring, in the wings. I don't know if Clemson's—you know—maybe they're not going to be where they were next year if they—you know—when they lose all these guys. Well, I think as long as Trevor Lawrence is around, they're still yeah, gonna be pretty they're, they're going to be pretty good offensively. Play means something. Uh, and you know, who knows what happens in the Big Ten with Ohio State with Ryan Day? I mean, yeah. you are trying to, uh, like you said, not only elevate your program into the elite. Uh, but other guys are, are knocking at your door. Well, and they, I mean, there's a potential that three or four would mean nothing. Uh, and Lincoln's going to recruit well, but you, you've got to break through at some point. Well, and let's face it. If, if they can't get it done this year, you're officially probably have wasted two of the best quarterbacks to ever play at the yeah. school. Yeah. And I, I, I hate using the word waste because they've won a lot of games and they've won championships. <laughs> and they have Big two statues that are going to be built on yeah, campus. Yeah, I mean, their, their legacy is going to live on in Norman forever, but I, I think everybody knows the Oklahoma fan base. They want a national title, and it would be seen as a failure for either of those guys, and that's just the way it is for Baker. And Kyler has an opportunity that will present itself on Saturday, but, uh, you know, and I also think, you know, you look at, 
Oklahoma and you look at the Big 12 in a way, if Oklahoma's not able to get it done, it's going to the, the conference that already has taken a hit and probably unfairly has taken a hit because it's been Oklahoma that has, you know, carried the conference for so long, they will it will be looked at as a conference and even maybe what Kyler's done throughout the season, it'll be looked at it, well, he just did it against defenses that, you know, couldn't stop anybody. And they got the benefit of the doubt because of the logo on their helmet. And then when you go in the next year, they get in a situation like this. Maybe Georgia does end, end up in. If you don't win any of these games, you're going to pr- prove all those uh, national critics and those SEC uh, fanboys uh, fam correct that you just can't get it done when it matters most. We did not see your good buddy JoJo today. Uh, we did see Kirk Curb Street. Think, JoJo's not here. I don't here. think he's down here. They're not letting him come. Herb, Herbie was <laughs> down here, This is too good though. a game. Herbie was down Herbie here, Herbie was down I, here. I Chris tweeted, Fowler was down here. Tell us what you tweeted I, today. I tweeted this morning that uh, Herb Street had walked up into <laughs> media day with a uh, Georgia should have been here sign. And you would... You Baker would be, Mayfield style. It would be unbelievable to, to think the people that thought that that was real. Like I had to reiterate. I'm, I'm well, it's kind of like when I a said that, that Marquise Brown passed away yesterday. Yeah, well, he came back to life. He, he did come back to life. Uh, but yeah, Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler. I guess they're on the call on Saturday night. We can't so. ever trust none of your Sooner Scoop reporting. Well, jackasses, stop being poor. Uh, okay, uh, listen. I want to remind you guys that one of the reasons we're doing all these pods uh, while we're here in Fort Lauderdale is because of uh, Eskridge Lexus and uh, also. Um, Coop Ale Works. So, uh, Eskridge Lexus, they got their December to remember. It's running out. Time's running out. If uh, uh, maybe you're in trouble because you got some shitty Christmas presents or something uh, and you want to impress the wife, uh, go check out uh, Eskridge Lexus at Eskridge. Uh, it's the December to remember. A lot of uh, new 2019 uh, inventory on the lot right now. Uh, and also, you, you're seeing these commercials while you're watching the bowl games all over television. They've got huge special holiday incentives right now. And if you tell them, you're a Sooner Scoop uh, podcast listener, subscriber. You will get special Eskridge Lexus, uh, fi- you know, uh, deals on your uh, next Lex- next Lexus. So thanks to Ed Eskridge, thanks to Lexus, EskridgeLexus.com. Go check them out. Okay, one of the things that uh, you know is going to come out of this game when it's over with and done is something we kind of had to talk a little bit about today, which is the coaching changes and all the coaches were available. Pete Golding was asked about the Oklahoma job today. He said he's had no contact with Oklahoma. Uh, Barry Trammell, I know, asked uh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley didn't really get peppered with too many questions about it today while he had his media session. Uh, But Lincoln, I know Barry Trammell asked him a question. He said he's never met him, doesn't know a whole lot about him other than his reputation uh, in the coaching fraternity. Uh, But we had a chance to catch up with Deshaun White uh, and uh, Buki which, if you haven't seen the video, go to Soonerscoop.com. It's free. For sure. Go. Uh, go check it out. Just a, a great kid. I'm back. I'm back You're on back the bandwagon. On board. If you've I'm been back frustrated on the bandwagon. with Buki and, you know, his, um, I don't know what you, he's just had, a, he's had an up and down this, year. He's had an up and down year. The Sledgehammer. We the talked sledge- about the Sledgehammer. Right. Rest in peace, Sledgehammer book. Uh, but we talked to both of those. Here's Deshaun White. Uh, a, a really talented freshman linebacker talking about the the coaching changes. I, I know you know we get so caught up in recruits and you know how they're handling you know the changes that have gone through this year and, and the defensive coaching staff. How do you guys just internally handle that as as players? Um, do you, I mean, are you backing these coaches? You want to see them stay here at Oklahoma? Or are you just kind of wondering what's going to go on? How how do you handle? It? 
Um, I think we're definitely bagging these coaches. You know, um, we love these coaches. Um, Kiss, I mean, we love these guys. We love Ruff. You know, we love everyone. So um, it's also one of those things, you know, it's out of our hands. So which, whatever happens, you know, we'll have to take it and run with it. And here is uh, Buki on the same thing. A lot of people on the outside wonder, kind of, Okay, firstly, sort of, how are recruits going to take this with a coaching change on defense? Yeah. How have you guys as players taken this with, with the change in coordinator and yeah. having some uncertainty heading into the offseason? Oh, uh, it's, you know, from like Buzzy said, like, like like he said, when you know when our coaching change went down, you know, we restarted this year. You know, after that Texas game and everything, you know, and everything went downhill, I guess you could say, I, I don't see it that way, but I feel as if it was a fresh new start for us. You know, Coach Ruff, he's a player's guy. He's a guy that we want to be around, you know. And it was just it was just overall a great experience. You know, it was just, you know, seeing that transition, that bye week experience, we won the bye week and therefore every, turned everything around. TCU game show for it. So are players behind Ruff and behind the coaching oh, yeah. staff now? You want to see them stick around after the season's over? Everybody is bought into this program. Everybody in this locker room is bought into this program. Success. We all love each other. We all are ready to go forward. Um, and I think you listen to that and you say, maybe there's a chance, but no, <laughs> honestly, there's no chance. There's no chance. I mean, there is no chance, but, but you what said a peculiar situation it would be if they won the national title. And you brought that up a lot. And I was going to yeah. say that, uh, I mean, it, 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 I it, have it, to think that Lincoln Riley at least would be like, look, we need to bring in somebody that has a system oh, I, that we I, can recruit yeah, to. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that, that can build continuity. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Because it's just a not a garbled mess, but, I mean, you've just got a bunch of assistants right now. Now. You don't have a coordinator. The thought of he brings in a coordinator and possibly more guys stay than a Calvin Thibodeau? Sure. Right. That might happen. I, I still would say that, you know, this is projecting, but I, I still think that this is probably Tim Kish's last go around on the bike. I, 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 I think this is just a situation that they could cut bait and say, you know, thank you. This is a great way to send you out, type deal. Yeah, and you still got to get over. <laughs> you still got to beat Alabama <laughs> and win another game after that before we get into yeah. that kind of situation. The, there's two natural ones. There's Kish retiring, and there's Ruffin going to more of an advise an an advisor role. And if those happen, that would shock absolutely no one and open up a line where you could bring a DC. You could bring maybe one or two of his guys, and you could still make it work. And maybe you have to make that move with Ruffin just because you have to pay a million bucks for a DC or something. I mean, of course, Mike Stoops was getting that and Ruffin had a pretty good payday. So, yeah, it's, and it's a lot of I guess to backdoor this parts into to the defensive coordinator stuff, too, is just, you know, Pete Golding was asked today at, at Alabama's portion of the media today if he had been contacted by OU. And, you know, obviously he said he hadn't. He said that, you know, he lets his agents handle all that. I, I, I think it's safe to say, though, right now. I truly believe that the Golding thing isn't happening. Maybe more so than I ever did. Well, we were we were driving, and you brought the football scoop and put something out there, but it really wasn't anything that was new. Well, it was I mean, the most football scoop update of all time. It was a, it was a. This is what we know. I this is what you should know. I literally posted the same thing like a month ago. Yeah, that this is what we know. Basically, Golding Golding is not likely to be yeah. a candidate, and Alex Grinch would be maybe your 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 key guy. Yeah. And, Listen, we're not going to know anything until after January first at the at the at earliest. minimum or Early, at yeah. the earliest because Ohio State still has the Rose Bowl to play in. Yeah, and if OU were to win, you know Riley's not doing anything until after January. Yeah, you think 7th. he's going to talk about that the week of the <laughs> national championship game? Well, you know, 
all that stuff is to come, like you guys say. Today was really about Alabama, and kind of what I loved about today and what I loved about after it was all over with was trying to see how much of that SEC um, boastfulness was in some of the questions being asked of Lincoln Riley, like, it's the SEC, how can you compete? You know, kind of like that kind of stuff. And there was a little bit uh, of that. Uh, One guy basically asked Lincoln Riley, it was a very offensive question, if because they, they did so much against Georgia's defense last year, if that gave them confidence, which might be a fair question, but I don't think it really was. I don't think Lincoln did either. No. No. I mean, we just, no matter what league you play, man, you just you just go play people that are out there. We've played, Georgia was a really good team and a really good defense. Through the last several years, we've played a lot of really good teams and really good defenses regardless of what league they're in. So, no, that's, that was a different team, different time. You know, this is Alabama this year. I walked away this morning, and I, I didn't talk to a whole lot of the Alabama players, but just talking to people that did from the Oklahoma media side and getting the general sense of what you saw on Twitter, and I'm sure a lot of people that listened saw it all, there is a lot of, um, I don't know if cocky is the right word, but it, it just, in a way, it makes you kind of walk away. Confidence. Well, and, and rightfully so, because yeah. Alabama. Borderline arrogance. Right. Borderline arrogance, right. but maybe this thought that, I think that there's a lot of people, and listen to Paul Feinbaum, that think it's funny that Oklahoma even thinks that they have a chance to be on the same field as Alabama. Yeah. Like, I, I think that the thought of Oklahoma putting up 35 on Alabama to a lot of people in this building right now in the media hotel is is laughable in a way. It's it's what was put on the board today, you know, is, is it's I think what happens is somebody says something. And you could run with it so many different ways. Yeah. Like Quinnen Williams said, right. he wants mm-hmm. to shut OU out, but he wants to shut everybody. That's just how Quinnen Williams thinks. Well, like, well, the other side of that too is, is what what defensive guy would you not want thinking that yeah. going into the game? But you know what? Alabama can do that. I mean, they shut teams out. Yeah, that, that's what they've done. That's they what they're built on. Yes. This shit. So it's a and and yes, it may sound arrogant, but he's just doing what Alabama defensive players do and their best ones do. That's no that's no different than Kyler sitting up there and saying that they want to score in every possession, yeah, right? Yeah. But you know what? OU's going to score sometime in the first quarter in this game. I would be shocked if they didn't. And when that happens, there's going to be some things, just like against Georgia last year, where Alabama goes, holy Whoa. shit, <laughs> this is not like anything that we've seen this year. It's a, it's a, it, it is, I, you, you know, you, you, you hear it, and they talk about it as far as you can't simulate it in practice. And I, I, you, I truly believe something like that is you can't really generate the type of speed that OU works at until you actually go see it. And you're kind of in the middle of it. And then it's all of a sudden, oh, shit, here it comes. And, you know, I mean, what it comes down to is like everybody. Well, here's Lincoln Riley just talking about the challenge face in Alabama. As a competitor, I know the coaches preach consistency, but as a competitor, do you get fired up for the challenge of game planning uh, to go up against an Alabama team like this? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are... You know, they've been, you know, they've been the standard here for the last several years, and uh, they've had a great program. They've been great defensively. You know, really taking some big steps offensively in the last few years. I mean, they, with quality of players, and then what they do schematically, they challenge you as much as anybody you're going to play. Now, what are the chances that same guy asked Nick Saban the exact same question if he gets fired up about the challenge of facing Oklahoma? Somebody did ask Saban about that today, and he said that 
uh, Lincoln Riley was, in his opinion, the toughest offense coordinator he's game planned against. Interesting. There you go. Maybe the same guy did ask that question. He might have. It might have been just some old scrub from Miami that doesn't doesn't really care what people think. You uh, you guys saw Georgia last year. Did Bama look bigger than Georgia? Yes, I thought they did. I just, don't know. I on Smith. So when I saw him, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, there's some there's some guys for Alabama, and it it's no slight to Oklahoma. Maybe it could be taken as that, but I mean, they're just bigger. They're they're flat out bigger yeah like i mean kenneth murray i mean he's your best greek god example right and, he's, the he's, and he looks great but, yeah. nope. but like the who is the number 24 alabama guy their linebacker i can't remember his name now yeah yeah, yeah i know you're staying there herb street was talking to him at the end i was just sitting there going that dude is massive yeah they have massive massive people and he's not skin like i remember oh god i can't i always forget the name of the middle linebacker uh that played for alabama in the sugar bowl uh, C.J. Miles, C.J. Uh, Mos- uh, Mosley, yeah. Um, and I remember going to media day, and it was he went he was there the day like the coordinators were mm-hmm. there. I remember looking at him, going, "This is what an Alabama linebacker is supposed to look like now." Like he looked like a tight, not even a tight end. Yeah. But I, you know, they're not great at linebacker. They're not they're not great in the secondary. They're fantastic up front. So that's, I mean... Th- yeah, I'm interested to read this- uh, Josh's Under the Hood this week because he yeah. kind of outlined that as, you know, they're still really, really good, but yeah. he doesn't think that they're that 2013 elite. team that yeah. was elite. Yeah, and I mean, that's I think that's the thing about this matchup is, you know, that Georgia team last year was a really good team. Defensively, they were really good. I mean, their defensive line gave Oklahoma troubles at 52, I think it was. Uh, Roquan Smith was really good. They had good... I mean, they my God, they just had a... Uh, a guy win the the Thorpe Award that was in that secondary last year, who by the way is not playing in the Sugar Bowl apparently. Hook him. Um, horns up for peace. Horns up for peace. Big shout out today on Feinbaum, by the way. Thank you to Jason. That Kersey. was big time by Jason Kersey. Yeah, he's earning that uh, time he got on the pod last night. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, so but here's the thing. Like, I think the Alabama media people, fans, they still feel like. This is the Big 12. This is the little brother. They're not fi- they don't understand how good OU's offensive line is. And so there were a lot of those questions today about uh the matchups and the offensive line versus the defensive line. Uh and you kind of heard that there the challenge of of Alabama. Here's some of Lincoln Riley talking about that. I hope it's a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be a great matchup. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, it's a lot like going against Ohio State's, you know, defensive line. What was it last year? You know, when they were, you know, as talented as you'll ever see across the board. You know, it'll be a it'll be a heavyweight fight. You know, but that's uh, that's what it should be in these games. And, and you know, we've talked so much about Quinn and Williams. Uh, the one thing that we haven't got a chance to really talk about, and look, this is don't go here because I know where this is going to go immediately. We've never really celebrated the Creed Humphrey center thing and what he's meant to that offensive line. I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. But this, I mean. It's, it's Creed, no cool. They got better when he became the starter. But this is really his first time to shine on the national stage. Yeah. True. Like, he is a he's a center that everybody knows has made them better. Uh, he's a massive center. We all said that even last year when he was redshirting. Like, he's going to change their offensive line in the future because they've never had a center like this before. Well, he's going to get a taste of Quinn and Williams tomorrow, uh, and Lincoln Riley uh, talked a little bit about Creed Humphrey and kind of what he's meant. 
been a game changer for us, really. I mean, that's, you know, he's probably the biggest difference, you know, both from this year to maybe comparing our old line to the other years. Is I mean, he's a, he's, you know, he's a dominant center. And you just, you don't come across those very often in coaching. It's just difficult to, difficult position to do, especially to do it as a freshman. The way he's done has been been huge for our group. It's, it's I think, made us tougher to defend. Uh, and then he had this little, uh, I, I think, interesting nugget that he threw in out there. Yeah, no, it'll be a good matchup. I mean, those those guys, uh, it won't be their last matchup. Yeah. Basically saying they're going to see each other in the NFL. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it, it's like funny it. that it comes against, I mean, Quentin Williams, You, we talk to Gabe Eichert about it all the time. He thinks Quentin Williams is, bar none, one of the best defensive linemen to come not just through Alabama, but to play college football in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. which I think that speaks extremely highly of him. Uh, you know, guy I work with at the Raiders State, Kelly Gregg thinks he's amazing. Yeah. Dusty Dvorak thinks he's amazing. Uh, when you hear former defensive tackles talk about a guy like that, it's like, holy shit, okay, this guy is really good. And obviously, turn on the tape, and you can see what he brings to the table. But, you know, I we've talked about it a little bit, and I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast last night, uh, was just the fact... I think the the big player in this whole thing could be what Bill Bedenbo does and how he shapes up their game plan to block those guys up front. Yeah, and there's going to be some wrinkles there. I, Absolutely. I totally believe. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, by you, the way, you saw it against Ohio State last year. We're going to uh, continue bringing you pods uh, tomorrow after the press conferences. Uh, Lincoln Riley and Nick Saban will both have a joint press conference, and they'll do the photo shoot, and that'll wrap up the media, but we still have plenty more coming at Sooner Scoop. Uh, Bob has been writing the stories. I still have photos to get out there. We're doing the pods. Eddie's got lots of video up. Uh, we did some one-on-ones today with some of the younger guys that are up, uh, and, and more of those are coming. Uh, but want to remind you guys that all that stuff is there. And the reason that we're bringing you all these pods, uh, both Eskridge Lexus and Coop Aleworks, uh, big sponsors that said, hey, we want you guys to bring us some more pods while you guys are out there covering the Sooners. So Coop Aleworks, go check out coopaleworks.com. Uh, locally uh, a craft beer company that's been operating for nine years. They've got uh, seven different annuals uh, or, or year-round beers that, that they produce along with four seasonal. But go to their website, coopaleworks.com. You can check out where you can you can find a coop near you. And I've said this you know, to people before, like I've, I've always drank you know, beer, Bud, Bud Light and Coors Light and Miller Light and all that stuff. But go try some Coop, man. It really does kind of change your perspective on what beer can taste like. Uh, and it's a local company you can support, supports the podcast. So, yeah, CoopLWorks.com, thanks to them. So, uh, guys, just overall, Bob, let's let's talk a little bit about kind of you, – you were separate, I was separate, and then Eddie and I kind of spent some time together interviewing guys. Um, talk to Jonathan Alvarez. I can tell you some more about that. But kind of what was the highlights of your day today? Yeah, it just it's fun to talk with those – younger guys especially the ones that didn't get to play that thought they would you're looking at a Bray Walker who's basically a five-star kid trying to accept the fact that he's not going to see the field ever and he said it took him a while to realize ever that, you know you mean this year you know yeah it's just you know that he was ready to roll and, and all of a sudden he learns he's not the biggest baddest dog there yeah. now and for some of those guys it takes a lot longer to accept that and move on. Deshaun White was another one who mentioned, you know, he figured he'd have a much bigger role with the defense. Instead, special teams has sort of been his 
calling card, but you, you look at those guys, they stay positive and they fight through this. Those are the guys that start making their mark later. I remember doing this three years ago and talking to guys like Neville Gallimore, Bobby Evans, Cody Ford, guys red shirting. You didn't know what they were going to do. If you can get over that initial disappointment, you realize there's some big things that can still be coming your way. I'm sure it's a lot easier too to to buy into you know the team atmosphere. Like I, I would think it'd be tough to do that on a team that's go six and six or seven and six every year. Yeah, it's pretty easy when you're going to your third college football playoff in four years to buy into the the narrative or you know whatever you want to call it. Those support staff people have to work harder, but. You know, their job is not as hard right now when yeah, you're going to the I'm college sure. football playoff year after year. I mean, getting bussed around and in a police escort and getting free Nike gear and or Jordan brand gear and, uh, you know, living the life that they're living right now on South Beach, it's not too bad. By the way, uh, newsy stuff for you today. Uh, Austin Kendall was not at practice tonight. He wasn't at media day this morning. He was working out yesterday with the team, uh, but he is under the weather, so maybe he got some of what Kyler had. Uh, I guess it'd be lucky that Kyler's not any worse than he is. Yeah, I that's kind of a it's it's not a story right now, but all of a sudden Kyler gets knocked out of the game or something, and the backup quarterback wasn't practicing two days before the game. I mean, you're kind of in a little bit of a a holy shit mode at that point, right? I don't know. Yeah, you got Tanner Mordecai's Tanner Mordecai or Carson. Uh, I mean, uh, Connor McGinnis or Tanner, Tanner Schaefer. Tanner Schaefer. Tanner Schaefer yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I don't know if you want to get to that. And <laughs> I love those guys. I mean, I talked to him this afternoon, but uh, I, I you want Austin Kendall back out there. And I'm sure that it was a precautionary measure. Uh, or, you know, I don't know. Maybe Austin Kendall got kidnapped last night and is in Cuba now. That's possible. Nobody's thought about that, has they? That has not no. been talked about, no. Somebody had to bring it up. And Clemson let their, their suspended defensive lineman talk to the media today? Yeah, Dexter Lawrence. That's weird. Said that he uh, he didn't know how he got it in his body. Mm-hmm. That's always a uh, not the best uh, route to go. When three people test yeah. positive, it's not. Because I read up on that stuff. That stuff is not. You have you almost have. Like, there's the, the thing about, oh, it was in some meat. Like, that doesn't happen. It's only in illegal stuff. Was it a steroid? Is that the... It's, it's, a, it's a something that helps you build mass. Yeah. Why does a guy that's 6'5", 320 need to be taking need that. stuff? I don't know. I, I know... Stick to the cocaine. Saban <laughs> announced that all three of those guys who were... They're gone for the rest of the season. Yeah, they're, Even they're if suspensions. They, yep, they're win. three suspensions. Marty Smith, what a blowhard. I like Marty Smith. I do. I, I told you earlier. I go through stages where I like him and then I don't like him. Right now, I'm I'm in a not like stage. If he was here, I'd probably it's like him. Because you're from the city. That's what it is. I just I I don't like the you're country. You're really folk. from the city. You're almost from the country. I mean, I'm a suburb guy. Putnam North. Come I'm on. a suburb guy. You destroyed people's mailboxes as a youth. I did. You were so <laughs> close to it. being country. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just vandalism's kind of fun. Well, that's what people do in the country when they're from the country. They vandalize. But now I live in the city. Mailboxes. Now I live in the city. Now I'm a downtown guy. So you're graffitiing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the one writing Mary, F. Mary Fallon all over <laughs> Oklahoma City. Uh, okay. So we've lined out the schedule for you tomorrow. Um, I'm just trying to... Uh, I did talk to Jonathan Alvarez today. Uh, it was an interesting discussion. He was very candid. I appreciated that. Uh, but he talked a lot about, you know, his concussions and having to give up football and, and how difficult that was. So 
Uh, hopefully I can kind of... It, it, it's not anything I have to write before the game, but hopefully it's something I'll get out there, depending a, on what happens on the schedule. It's an interesting story, just as far as a guy that gave up football for a year, basically took one for the team, to think that he was going to come back and probably win the starting job, or at least compete for the starting right. job, and then you know split it with Creed and... The rest is history. He had to give up football, and you know, only got four games in this year, or five games, whatever it was. So, uh, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a sad story now that you know he kind of has to look basically for the rest of his life. Yeah. Football's not going to be a part of it now. And Kyler did practice today; looked fine, threw the ball around. Marquise Brown practiced today. Ran. I mean, we only saw them do drills, individual drills. Yeah. Before we left, the one thing I would say about Marquise Brown is, is. I don't notice any limp when he's walking. Just just That's walking true. to and That's true. from and, and to it's the like bus. You always and stuff read like it. It's just like your famous. Uh, it's it's a lot like your famous uh, roast. You murdered Orange Power. Was that his name? Oh, uh, God! What was that guy's name? Uh, Something Orange Factor. Orange Factor. Dang. You ruined him by producing that Joe Mixon video of him walking. At a basketball well, game? Well, no, I ruined Orange Factor when I outed his actual name. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Austin, uh, whatever. You you turned him into a ghost, and then you exercised him. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but, What's up, Catch? Um, but that was the thing. Like, you played that video, and people were like, I don't know. It looks like he's limping a little bit. Like, they, and DeMarco Murray was the same way. He had a strange kind of hitch in his Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray walks the exact same way yeah, as uh, really, Joe Mixon. Yes, it's like, yeah. Hey, it's yes. like they almost have something up their ass. And I, I don't mean that to say be funny, but that's just kind of the way that they walk. It's a cool guy thing. I think it is. It's like yeah. if you're a badass, you walk around like that with your chest out. You develop a little hitch in your get along. I, I For the most part, guys, I, they're as healthy as they've been in a long time. Right. I mean, you, you had the story yesterday about Trey Sermon talking about how healthy he is. Uh, you know, I can't think of anybody outside. Oh, there's one guy. Uh, you know, we saw Justin Broyles out on the practice field yesterday. I'm not so sure he's probably not iffy. I just don't know how much he's going to play. I don't I, think I, he would have been in the game I, plan anyway. This okay. is a tough team for him to go against. Yeah. Oh now, yeah. Lil Houghton was oh, sitting yeah. out again, not sitting out, but he was not dressed out, and he's done. I mean, we've talked about that quite a bit. But. And you even had Kerry uh, Cooks say that flat out. Did you? He said that. Yes. They lost the starting safety mid uh, midway through the season, and they're not getting him back. Yeah, that's that's a bad deal. Uh, you know, it is what it is. This defense, and we can probably get into it more, like the, the actual breakdown of the game here in the next couple podcasts before the game, but it it comes down to defensive stops to me, and this defense is what it is. They're going to have to come up with some pressure. They're going to have to come up with some turnovers. Uh, it's more about that front seven than it is the back five to me, or the back four to me, because, I mean, yeah, are, they're not, they're not going to come up with... 12 pass breakups and three interceptions. I, I, it just, there's nothing that tells me that's going to happen. So it is what it is back there. Some of those guys are going to struggle. Some of them are going to, can they just get away with not being exposed in the worst way, I guess would be the best way to put it. I mean, Jerry Judy's going to have 200 yards. I, I, full, I firmly believe that. It's, he's the scariest guy to me on that entire. It's not. I mean, you think you think Tylen Wallace had a Quentin good day? Williams. It's yeah. I mean, he's Tylen Wallace times two to me. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. That's why can you get pressure on Tua, who I don't think is going to beat you, obviously, with his feet. I mean, the guy right. had no, surgery no. a month ago. Well, and even when he was healthy, 
he's not a super dynamic guy. Like, I mean, I don't even know if he's as dynamic a runner as Baker was. I mean, there. I think that's an equal comparison, really. Yeah, I. It just it. You know, you don't want to take some cheap shots at him, but you certainly aren't telling people not to tackle him at the feet, and that's just the way it is. That's don't the game not that, go low. That's the game that you play. <laughs> that's the game that you play. It's football. All right. Well, uh, they're going to be doing the same with Marquise Brown. He's too fired up. We're going to get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm, uh, we'll, I'm standing up, folks. We'll be back again tomorrow uh, for another podcast, uh, Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast. Uh, we are putting all these on the Eskridge Lexus Post Game page. Uh, so that's where you'll get them. We'll t- tweet out the link, so don't worry about all that stuff. But if you're a subscriber to uh, the Eskridge Lexus Post Game, you will get these uh, safe and sound to your podcasting device. So. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It is Thursday, tomorrow for Friday, after the Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley press conferences. Uh, So looking forward to that. And then, of course, the game coming up on Saturday. So thanks for listening. Live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, we are the Sooner Scoop crew. We'll be back tomorrow.